Hello there, and thanks for listening in to our Die of Matthew study. Die of Matthew is the dive study that began it all. Throughout February of 2019, lives were changed and the scriptures came alive to a group of about 50 people as they dove into the book of Matthew, all 28 chapters in 28 days. It moved at a fast clip, but even with that rigorous pace, it became clear that it was worth pursuing an ongoing ministry based on these studies. This is how Dive Collective began. Our new dive studies will be formatted differently, but the process of inductive study remains the same. So as you listen through the book of Matthew, know that we are waiting to welcome you into our current live dive studies where we engage with our Bible study members and dive in at a manageable pace for study. You can find everything you need to know at divecollective.org under our studies tab. Enjoy your time in Dive Matthew, and we hope you'll join us in real time soon. So welcome to Dive Matthew, where we're going to be doing 28 chapters of Matthew in 28 days. For the first study, you're going to want to download our dive guide at www.divecollective.org in our shop under free downloads. Dive studies are our version of inductive Bible study. This particular study of Matthew was the first one we did back in 2019. I hosted that dive guide in a different format on a different website at the time, but now if you want to join in and see how to do a dive study before committing to join us live, you'll want to go ahead and go to divecollective.org to download and get started. So we're going to go ahead and read through the 13th chapter of Matthew. If you'd like to skip ahead because you've already read the chapter, you can go ahead and do that now. You're going to want to join back in at approximately the 7 minute and 40 second mark. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down while the whole crowd stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, Consider the sower who went out to sow. As he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil, and it grew up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it. Still other seed fell on good ground and produced fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty times what was sown. Let anyone who has ears listen. Then the disciples came up and asked him, Why are you speaking to them in parables? He answered, Because the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given for you to know, but it has not been given to them. For whoever has, more will be given to him, and he will have more than enough. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. That is why I speak to them in parables, because looking they do not see, and hearing they do not listen or understand. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, You will listen and listen, but never understand. You will look and look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown callous. Their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn back and I would heal them. Blessed are your eyes because they do see and your ears because they do hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see the things you see but didn't see them or hear the things you hear but didn't hear them. So listen to the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one sown along the path, and the one sown on rocky ground. This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But he has no root and is short-lived. When distress or persecution come because of the word, immediately he falls away. 
Now the one sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the worries of this age and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But the one sown on the good ground, this is the one who hears and understands the word, who does produce fruit and yields, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty times what was sown. He presented another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while people were sleeping, his enemy came, sowed weeds among the wheat, and left. When the plants sprouted and produced grain, then the weeds also appeared. The landowner's servants came to him and said, Master, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Then where did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he told them. So do you want us to go and pull them up? The servants asked. No, he said, when you pull up the weeds, you might also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At harvest time, I'll tell, you, I'll tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and tie them in bundles to burn them, but collect the wheat in my barn. He presented another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It's the smallest of all the seeds, but when grown, it's taller than the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the sky come and nest in the branches. He told them another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and mixed into 50 pounds of flour until all of it was leavened. Jesus told the crowds all these things in parables, and he did not tell them anything without a parable, so that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. I will open my mouth in parables. I will declare things kept secret from the foundation of the world. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. His disciples approached him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He replied, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man, the field is the world, and the good seed, these are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. Therefore, just as the weeds are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather from his kingdom all who cause sin and, and those guilty of lawlessness. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their Father's kingdom. Let anyone who has ears listen. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure buried in a field that a man found and reburied. Then in his joy he goes and sells everything he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. When he found one priceless pearl, he went and sold everything he had and brought and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a large net thrown into the sea. It collected every kind of fish, and when it was full, they dragged it ashore, sat down, and gathered the good fish into containers, but threw out the worthless ones. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out, separate the evil people from the righteous, and throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? They answered him, Yes. Therefore, he said to them, Every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom treasures new and old. When Jesus had finished these parables, he left there. He went to his hometown and began to teach them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother called Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, aren't they all with us? So where does he get all these things? And they were offended by him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his household. And he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. So chapter 13, I had um, some of my biggest revelations as I was studying this. 
I've already shared in my um, the dive booklet because mm-hmm. I use this parable, the parable of the sower, to sort of illustrate how I do my inductive Bible studies. You'll see what I took to heart the most in there, and that I think when you as you grow in your faith and as you go to church and you hear messages. Most of my growing in my knowledge of the things of God happened by going to church after I had already formed a relationship. Like I'd given myself to the kingdom, to Jesus, and he was the Lord of my life. And so that relationship was established and it was what it was. And then after that, I started going to church. And that's probably where I gained most of my knowledge. So in church, if you go and they're preaching on the parable of the sower... Most times I've probably heard three or four sermons on this parable, but always from the perspective Mm -hmm. of me being the soil and what kind of soil is my heart and what, um, and how am I receiving the word and is it effective and bearing Mm -hmm. fruit in my life? But I had never actually considered this passage from the perspective of what Jesus is saying, which is that we are to sow seeds wherever, that wherever we're sowing seeds and whenever we're sharing um, the message of the gospel and glorifying God, there will be always mixed in with the people with a, that have fertile soil. There will always be people whose hearts are not fertile for whatever different reasons. And he lists the many reasons. And so even all throughout the passage, as I was listening, as we were reading it, that's what we're seeing is we're seeing the uh, the seeds, the enemy comes and he puts these seeds in while um, the sower is sleeping or while the farmer is sleeping. And there's always wicked mixed in with the righteous. Mm-hmm. And it's not always easy to tell um, which from which. And that's not our purpose. Not our job. Yeah. yeah, that's not it doesn't matter to us whether this the ground is fertile. Our job is to just go sow seeds. Mm-hmm. That's my word for 2019 is to just sow. I want to sow as many seeds as possible, not worrying about the uh, condition of other people's hearts, but to just do what I feel God has called me to do. And so that's been a pretty freeing, that was a pretty freeing passage for me. And I would, I would say certainly a huge part of why I'm podcasting right now. Mm -hmm. That's kind of exciting. I have other things from this passage, but I know Annika, you wanted to share I know that there's stuff that I would really love to hear from you for what you've got out of this passage too. This is actually just a wondering and it's, I love wondering. It's kind of historical and I have actually never wondered it until I was skimming through this before we started recording. Um, but at the very end, when it talks about Jesus going back to Nazareth and everyone's like astonished and it says he, he goes to his hometown, he's teaching in their synagogue and they're astonished and they say, where did this man get his wisdom and the miraculous powers? Isn't this the carpenter's son? And so then they list all of his family members that he knows or that they know. And it just made me wonder, like when we go back to the beginning of Matthew when we talk about the birth of Jesus and how an angel tells Mary that she's going to have a son and the son is of the Holy Spirit and Joseph, his immediate response is, um, well, I'm just going to, divorce her privately, put her away so nobody knows and not make mm-hmm. a big deal out of it, which would have been the noble thing for him to do. And then an angel comes and talks to him and God asks him to take it even a step further and do something even more noble and still marry her, even though she's pregnant. This right here makes me think, okay, all of that was completely covered up. Do these people, like, it It seems like eventually it would have come out that Joseph is not his biological father. Oh, right. You know? Yeah. But this makes it seem like 
it didn't ever come out mm-hmm. that that they're looking at it and saying, well, this is Joseph's son. Mm-hmm. Where did all this come from? And so I don't know. I guess I just think of that <laughs> a little bit from Mary's perspective. I mean, yeah. I've always thought from Mary's perspective how wonderful and infuriating it would have been to parent a perfect human. Mm. Like that would have, some days it would have probably been amazing. And some days I would have really not been happy about it. Because you'd be constantly face to face with your own humanity. Yes. Uh And so anyway, it it makes me think that Joseph and Mary somehow managed to keep all of that to themselves because unless it was another situation where these people were just blind and they didn't consider the stories that they had heard about. I mean, also it would have been really hard to believe. Like if you hear someone telling you, oh yeah, this kid was mm-hmm. fathered by the Holy Spirit. You're not going to probably right, right, right. believe it. Yeah. It just, it's, well, it seems really. Um, and a couple things on that is that it's, it's absolutely true. Is it, I'm not sure that I believe that secrets like that are ever kept. Like there's, you, those the truth always comes out. Right. If there there's had an affair, to be if there's whatever, right? Yes. Especially but in, in this case, like, I, w- I do think it's very possible that because it was God's secret, it was kept. You know, like God is more than capable of keeping right. his secret and it wasn't scandalous. But mm-hmm. I do think that like that whole idea of secrets manifest, like they do, what's brought, what happens in the darkness mm-hmm. is always brought out under light. But this isn't happening in darkness. This is Right. Happen- it's happening it in light. It is the light. It yeah. Is, yeah. So the secret is manifest. But um, the other thing that I was thinking, this is this thing that, <laughs> another situation where I wonder whether I will cut this when I'm done because I'm afraid it's going to come out as um, heretical. Because, ooh, this is going to be fun. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I think about, um, Jesus's baptism almost so the, when the Holy Spirit descends on Jesus, I wonder if that is the moment. If the job, the job of the Holy Spirit is to reveal the Father and the Son, if it was actually like the moment that the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus, that's when Jesus's perfection was revealed too. Like he was mm-hmm. obviously perfect before that. I'm not saying that he wasn't right. perfect before that or that he ever sinned. That's not my point. But my my point is that. Was it that, was Jesus that different that he annoyed everybody when he was a boy? Or was he, was Jesus able to, was God able to keep that part a secret too? You know, did, was his entire life full of trouble by being the perfect boy? Or was the Holy Spirit, the moment the Holy Spirit descended on him? I mean, you could actually observe it the opposite way, which is that everybody knew who he was. Mm -hmm. So maybe he did do something that brought him fame or was, did behave in a way that brought him fame. Who knows? Anyway, the other thing that I got from that same passage under the storehouse where it says, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out the storeroom treasures new and old. That's gold. How amazing would it have been to be somebody who knew the law, like knew the Jewish heritage and knew everything that was coming I think what he's saying here is to be a teacher of the law, but then to also recognize the Messiah, you would have the ability to reveal all of the new in the context of all Mm -hmm. of the old and how it all fits together. And I mean, at this point, they didn't know that he was the Messiah. There wouldn't be any teachers to be able to do this Mm -hmm. at this point. But it made me think of John having known 
And in the context, he might have been the only one that really fully knew mm-hmm. um, who Jesus was and how he fit into the story. Wasn't that part of Jesus' frustration with the Pharisees, though, too, that they should have, they been, should that? have been that, right? Because mm-hmm. they knew the law. They knew what they were looking for, and yet they just didn't see it. Yeah, I can only imagine how frustrating that must have been. And yet there were some that were open. Yeah. You know, we have Nicodemus is open to it. And even the, we see the Paul's teacher. I can't remember his name. Apollos? Mm-mm. Not that one. Paul, the Apostle oh, Paul's yeah, yeah, yeah. teacher who raised him up in his Jewish mm-hmm. um, Pharisaical teaching would have, um, he was the one that kind of said, if it's of God, then let them continue. And mm-hmm. if it's not of God, then the new Christian wave of people that's coming through is going to, will dissolve basically. Right. And, um, there was another section and I'm pretty sure it was in Matthew where Jesus is teaching and it actually talks about, it says something about like, and many of the people and Pharisees believed like they actually are listed in the, right. I remember that standing out that's to me because I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. Which then brings you to that whole, they want to cut out all the good and they're like, well, we'll just let them grow together mm-hmm. and we'll, We'll flesh it out when it's yeah. all said and done. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dive Matthew. If you enjoyed our version of Inductive Bible Study and want to join our community of people all working on the same book of the Bible together, come check us out at divecollective.org and sign up for one of our current live dive studies. We believe you'll find a welcoming community, one where you'll be challenged, inspired, and uplifted. Come and see. Come and see.